You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM and The Self-Advocate with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. This episode is all about the end of summer activities, what people are doing. So what about travel and traveling at the end of summer? Something different and fun to do. But first, let's put on our intro theme song, Possibilities by Key Sarah. The song you just heard is Possibilities by Key Sarah. Key Sarah is a mother-daughter duo from Ontario, and the daughter who is singing 
is on the autism spectrum. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Alison Mira. Eoch Tanuyap. Kwiget Yuan's Kwiyans Na. Hi, everybody. My name is Kwiget Yuan's. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yogalanis Clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. So this episode is all about the end of summer travel to start right before going back to school or some vacation time. My first guest today is Alvaro Silberstein, who is the CEO of Wheel the World, an organization that helps people with physical disabilities to travel. Thank you so much, Alvaro, for being on my show. First off, why this organization? Why have Wheel the World? And thank you, Alison, for um, for inviting me to to this to, to this episode. I'm I'm honored. And why Wheel the World? And, and and the reason that we founded Wheel the World is because when you have a, a disability, it's really tough to find the accessible travel services you need um, to go to a place that is outside your city or outside the place that you live. Um, I have a disability since I'm 18 years old. I, today I'm 37. Uh, I, I, I have a quadriplegia. I move myself in a manual wheelchair. Um, and, and travel has been close to my, my heart uh, since I was born. Uh, and when I got injured, um, I realized how tough it is when you have a disability to travel because it's very hard to find the accessibility you need um, to decide going to a place and finding the accommodations and the transportation, etc. Um, so that's why we 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 founded Wheel the World and Wheel the World. It's a startup with a purpose to, to make the world accessible. That's our purpose. And what we are building is a, a website, wheeltheworld.com, uh, so people can find and book accessible travel services, accommodations, tours and activities, and travel packages with very detailed information about accessibility. At wheeltheworld.com, you can find, for example, hotels to book in New York or in Miami or in Vancouver with very detailed information of accessibility. That means what's the width of the doors, what's the height of the bed of the accessible room, what type of shower. Uh, and our system recommends our users uh, how, that, how this fits their, specific, uh, their specific accessibility needs. Uh, and you can do this for booking hotels, booking tours and activities, booking rentals, uh, or, or a whole vacation, even in places like Costa Rica, Peru, in the US too, in Europe, etc. I never thought of accessibility 
being that much more difficult while traveling either especially thinking of like the showers the hotels what activities it adds another layer to the difficulty or of booking and traveling what have been some of the highlights that you've seen or some of the positives that you've seen with from your customers or your clients since starting wheel the world so for me um, i love adventures and even that i have a very severe disability right like i i move partially my arms i don't move the fingers of my hands I have a C5 quadriplegia, uh, but even though I have pushed myself to do crazy stuff, so for example, uh, once, uh, and that's what was the initial story of Wheel of the World, uh, I, I did a trip with my friends to Patagonia in the south of Chile uh, in, a, in, a, in, an adapt, in an adaptive hiking wheelchair that is called the Joelet, it's a French wheelchair. And my friends pushed me around this national park in this um, in this hiking wheelchair, um, and 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 it was a trip that nobody did before in a wheelchair. I became the first person ever in a wheelchair to to, to do this trip, and that's how Wheel the World started. And and so since very uh, since we started, we have. Uh, onboarded uh, adventures to, to be booked by Wheel the World. For example, scuba diving in Hawaii, uh, doing an adaptive cycling um, tour in San Francisco in California. Um, um, what else? Uh, zip lining in Costa Rica. Uh, uh, and, 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 and different types of activities uh, that we uh, collaborate with local operators and also, uh, that are experienced in uh, inaccessible travel. Uh, many times we have provided equipment, for example, this type of wheelchairs, adaptive site, adaptive hand bikes. Uh, so, so this equipment is at the destinations, so our users can have these kind of activities when they are traveling to those places. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. It is a lot of fun. I, I, I believe that um, today we are lucky to live to live in, 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 in these times in which um, disabilities are, I believe, not seen anymore as impediments to do fun stuff, right? Um, and, and today, I don't know, like I think that um, with, with help of people and with the right uh, equipment, uh, there's plenty of activities that people with disabilities can do. What has been the response from your customers, your clients who come to you? It, it has been very positive. I mean, before founding Will the World, I always thought... I mean, I, I, I dreamed a lot saying, oh, I really want to visit, uh, let, let's say, the Rocky Mountains in, in, in Canada, for example. That's one of my, um, my dreams of, of places that I would love to, to visit. Um, and, and I said, and I, and I Googled a lot those dream destinations that I wanted to visit. 
if there was like accessibility offer or accessibility tools or some kind of service adapted for for my needs and, and it, it it was hard to find a accessible travel offer right um, and I always thought oh I wish that there was a company that was taking care of, of our needs right in general so that's why I started Wheel the World uh, and I and I have seen that our clients pretty much have that same perception when when they found about us. They Google disabled travel or disability travel or accessible travel uh, or winter vacations and they find the wheel of the world and they get very emotional and, and they are inspired about what are the possibilities that we're offering to them and to other people. Uh, and at the end of the day, they are grateful about um, about the work that we're doing. Like we are, we are, our, our work at the wheel of the world is full time. Uh, and we are um, pretty much making more than 100 people every month traveling with us. Um, and, and, and we see that uh, the feedback of our clients is very emotional, positively emotional, right? Because we are allowing them to do things that um, they feared or they thought that it was difficult. And, and we are allowing them to travel, which is beautiful and it's Amazing. That would have been so eye-opening and very emotional to do something that that you wish you had when you were younger, and you're the one being the the support role for others. That's a great spot for a quick break. Don't go anywhere because there will be more about accessible travel on the Self Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio One Hundred Point. FM with your host, Allison Klein. Did you know that Vancouver Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members? This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. This episode is all about end of summer vacation, right before going back to school, or maybe you're going on vacation from work. So great time to go on vacation. Right now, I am talking with Alvaro Silberstein, who is the CEO of Real the World, and we're talking about how we can have accessible travel for people with physical disabilities. What have been some of the more difficult parts of running Real the World? 
difficult part. It's, it, it's hard to run a startup, definitely. It has been hard for me. And I would say that it's hard for anyone. And at first, it was very hard to, to find resources to fund ourselves, right? Raising funds was really hard at the beginning, but we've been successful enough, enough in the past two years to to fundraise and to have um, investors that, that that believe in our in our in our mission and in our company, which is great. Uh, and, and and the second thing that has been uh, difficult to to educate the travel industry and to convince them that this is also such a good opportunity for them if they consider accessibility and uh, accommodating their services for people with disabilities because we are not a few people in the world, right? There's many people in the world that have disabilities. So, um, so also it's a good opportunity for them because they are opening to a segment of new clients and new customers. So, uh, but, but that's also changing and we are also helping them a lot and advising them and assessing them on how they can accommodate to better serve uh, travelers with the Having a startup is difficult to run and to to do and convincing people that it is needed. It's a concept that us in the disability community understand and go, yeah, it's commonplace, but for others, it's they don't recognize it as much, do they? Yes, but, but that's changing now. And, and, and... Nowadays, I, I, I think that uh, societies in general, they are more aware of how important is inclusion and accessibility, right? Um, so, so we are in, a, in, a, in, a, in times that, um, that people are more aware of how important it is to push initiatives to, to make the world more accessible and to allow people with disabilities to, um, to do, to to, to live as anyone else and feel included. And so this is a good opportunity for people like you and me that push initiatives um, to, to, uh, to make people with disabilities uh, be more included in society. So uh, that's exciting. That's very exciting to be able to see that, to include people with disabilities. If a person with a disability, a physical disability, wants to start to travel, wants to go somewhere fun like New York, Miami, Vancouver, where I am right now, what's one piece of advice you would give to them? Yes, one piece of advice is, um, first, it's, it seems if you haven't traveled yet, that is super overwhelming and tough and difficult. Um, but the reality that it is it is possible. Uh, there's companies as Wheel the World that can help you out on, on, on making it much easier. And there's like tons of um, content in the web to figure out on how to uh, how to prepare for a flight, right? How to figuring out on how to travel with a with a mobility equipment. How to find accessibility in hotels or accessible transportation or care in a destination. So my piece of advice would be um, 
well, contact with the world. We are we would be happy to 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 help you, of course. But apart from that, do your research. There's tons of of of, of content, I'm sure, on any specific question, doubt, or, or fear you 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 have for planning a vacation, um, and and maybe for the first time, try to travel with someone else, so it's less. Um, difficult, or, or or you need you need someone to help you out for the first times. But I'm sure that you will be able to to be as much as independent as you can, uh, traveling to places that you would dream to visit. To do your research and contact Wheel of the World and travel with a buddy first time and have fun. Exactly, do it, do it, and you will enjoy it. Do it. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. What do you hope in the future for travel for people with disabilities? I really hope that the flight experience is more inclusive and easier for us. Because today the reality is tough. It's tough to travel by plane, right? Um, and I, and I'm, I hope that the industry will change and the place, the place will become more accessible. Um, and, and people with mobility needs, specifically power uh, wheelchair users, uh, it will be easier for them to travel, and that will make the life much more easier for all of us. To have flights more accessible and easier for wheelchair users, yes. especially um, power wheelchair users. How can the listener find Wheel of the World and you, Alvaro? Yeah, so wheeltheworld.com it's our um, it's our website. You can find us there. If you are an if you are a Instagram user or any social media user, you can just also search Wheel of the World. We are on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you name it. Um, in my case, you can also find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Uh, my name is Alvaro Silverstein. And I will be more than happy to exchange travel, accessible travel experience, experiences with any of you. And pictures and have so much fun showing those pictures off. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alvaro, for talking with me and being on my show. Thank you, Alison. Uh, Don't go anywhere because there will be more about end of summer vacation and travel on The Self Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, an idea worth stealing. Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975. Vancouver Cooperative Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM. Homemade, not store-bought. You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM, and The Self-Advocate with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alzenira. 
So this episode is all about end of summer fun vacation. How do you go on vacation when you have a disability? I just talked with Wheel the World about adaptable and adaptive traveling. Uh, next, I'm going to be talking with Ryan, who is with the Spinal Cord Injury BC and his ability to go camping with a disability as a wheelchair user. How do you go camping as a wheelchair user? Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on my show. First off, what got you into going camping and doing adaptive camping as being a wheelchair user? Yeah, I think how I got into it was just my love of traveling before I had an injury, which was in 2009. So I just got back from backpacking year the second time and I wanted to save up and go do some more traveling. So I took a job that was to travel around the province and do highway repair and uh, ended up getting injured that way and just thought, okay, there's no way I'm going to be able to travel again or go do the things that I love. So I felt like I had to get out there and one way to dip the toe in the water would be just, okay, go camping. I've done that a lot before my injury. I know what it's about, know what to expect. Um, but I was a little nervous to go out there with friends and then either fail or say, oh, I got to go home or I can't handle it. I can't do this. So I just went at it by myself and been hooked ever since. So that's how I kind of got into it. It was just, I needed to travel. I needed to get out, but my fears were limiting on what I could actually do. So I just decided, oh, camping it is. I have the travel bug as well. And it's difficult sometimes just to find which ways to works best for me. And I am not a wheelchair user, but with any type of disability, you need that adaptation. What was your first trip that you took, camping trip that you took? And how did you learn what ways worked and what ways didn't work? My first trip was supposed to be, I think, just five days, but it actually turned into five weeks. Um, I did. It wasn't working at the time. This was after my injury. So I was just doing physio and everything like that. So I had the time afforded to me. Um, and yeah, so I went and the first two nights were an absolute nightmare. It was raining. I did not enjoy myself. I hated it and just borderline in tears thinking, okay, this, I can't cut it. This sucks. And then on that third day, the mountains came out and it's like, oh, okay, wow. That's actually what I came here for. And yeah, that turned into five weeks. And then I think on that trip, I went up to um, the Yukon, I went into Northwest Territories, so I kind of went all over the place and put a lot of kilometers on. And for me, it was very important. And how it looked was a little crude at the beginning. I overpacked. I was putting too much stuff in my tent. It took me an hour to set up camp, and over time, I just got a lot better at that. So. That was the big one, my first trip, just five days to five weeks. And uh, yeah, I haven't looked back since. How did you learn? Like, is it just over time that you learned what to expect and what not to expect and how to pack and stuff like that? Yeah, so I knew that I know the basics of what to pack just from camping before an injury, uh, but how it ties into my disability is a little different because 
yeah, I use a wheelchair. Um, I also use two canes that I can do short distance walking. So there are certain things that are just out of the question post-injury, um, like setting up a tent. Uh, I remember how much of a struggle it was with the tent poles before my injury. So I wanted to avoid that. So I got a pop-up tent, one of those ones that you just throw in the air. Uh, instead of my old axe, which was quite long, I had to get a shortened one so I didn't wreck my shoulders. Um, stuff like that, like I know getting on and off the ground um, was not the easiest, but it wasn't a complete struggle either. So I just had to find things that were going to make my life a little easier and not wreck my shoulders or body. Uh, so those were the biggest one was just I kind of had the smarts from before um looked online on youtube and stuff like that to see maybe there are other people out there that do it uh, did not find them and then of course um just adapts accessibility to the environment so going in the woods going up north and things like that i never thought of doing it like adapting accessibility to the environment as well that combining both of them at the same time yeah it's also being strategic on how i pack to where i put things in my vehicle um, so I know everything's going to be easy. I got water on this side. I got cooking stuff on this side. I know where my first aid kit is in an emergency. Everything is strategically packed. So I can easily just open one door. I grab it. I don't have to lean in deep, start rifling through stuff. Um, and that was a mistake I made at first was just throwing everything in. But when it's raining or you're tired, it's nice to know exactly where everything is. So being strategic with that packing. Um, just saves the shoulders and saves energy and time and you name it. I like to be strategic on my packing as well <laughs> when I go traveling or camping. So I know that I can grab it easily as well. Yeah, I've gotten a lot better with it. At first, um, after you have an injury, whether you're going to a hotel or you're going camping, um, people with physical disabilities always overpack. They just like, oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? Um, so what I go on a trip now is significantly less than what I did the first two trips because, um, yeah, you're kind of vulnerable, I feel like, when you have an injury or disability and you're in the woods by yourself. So you always tend to overpack and be prepared. And um, now I got it dialed in, though. That's really important to be able to dial it in. With that, don't go anywhere because there will be more about camping and end of summer camping on The Self Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alvin Klein. Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM is political. Co-op Radio is poetry. Co-op radio is tango. Co-op radio is gay. Ecology. Comedy. Feminism. Philosophy. Yoga. Reggae. Bicycles. Trade unions. Gospel. Live. Local. Asian. African. Vancouver Co-op Radio is community. Your community. Vancouver Co-op Radio. CFRO. 100.5 FM. All different. All the time. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram 
at Allison Mira. This episode is all about end of summer vacation. Whether you go traveling or you go camping for the end of summer. Right now, I am talking with Ryan, who works for the Spinal Cord Injury Association of BC. And he goes camping. He knows how to do adaptive camping and adaptable camping. So things that I have never thought of before. What have been some of more your more favorite trips that you've gone on for camping? Um, my first, probably my first one, because I was like getting out of my shell, the, the five-weeker. And then I think a real big one was my third one because I went down into the States. So it was also like going to the desert and ocean, um, high alpine. It was very diverse in the landscape. And I've always been somewhat fascinated with the desert, um, especially around like the Navajo Nation. It sounds weird, but like that movie Forrest Gump when he runs across America, I've always liked the scene where he's in the desert running um, yeah, in the Navajo country. And I was like, oh, I've always wanted to go there. So that kind of was the reasoning that I definitely wanted to go to the Southwest. And it was an eye opener for me. It was warm. There was no mosquitoes. So it's like, oh, wow, camping can actually be somewhat enjoyable where I don't have to have my head on a swivel or always be swatting away bugs. And so that was very enjoyable trip for that reason. Um, yeah, and I had nothing went wrong. I think I only had one flat tire that trip. It was just very, very memorable trip for me. I do not like mosquitoes at all. No, I'll take the heat. I'll take... Uh, I'll even take scorpions over mosquitoes. They're nature's worst thing ever are the mosquitoes. I really like going down to Vegas a lot as well and the heat. The heat can be good. I don't like humidity. Um, yeah, so I was this last week I went down to Southeast Oregon just for a quick five-day trip. I got back uh, Wednesday afternoon and I think my second night Second day, it was 44 in the day. And then when I went into my tent, it was 38. And even though I've been doing this for a long time, I borderline had a panic attack. It was way too hot. Nothing I can do to cool my body down. So that I'm not a fan of. I like the heat, but excessive heat, um, it's hard to really enjoy. Excessive heat, like what we just had, that was way too hot sometimes without air conditioning. Yeah, like, yeah, what we have, I would have paid $200 for when it was 43 and 38 at night. But uh, yeah, the heat, um, especially indoors or in a tent or in a vehicle, it's just, just boils you, it feels like. What have been some of the more difficult parts of adaptive camping for you? Um, mentally just knowing if something goes wrong because I tend to go very deep into spots so if something really goes wrong my vehicle gets stuck vehicle gets broken down um, I have to be wait to rescue I can't wheel out or walk out in a lot of places that I go to it, it would just be physically impossible so that kind of weighs on you a bit like okay if you get in a hairy situation or you get stuck here you're down this random forest service road or you're doing this up in the north or in a very remote area. Um, I'm at the mercy of just having a hope that somebody comes by to I can rescue me or help me out. So that's very tough. Um, 
I know I'm still young, but for spinal cord injury, uh, 12 years on, things are starting to wear on me a little bit. Um, my wrists, every now and then, my back will get a little sore. I just feel sometimes when I wake up off the ground, like I'm my dad's age and and the body moves a little bit slower. So stuff like that is, um, but like setting up camp, getting things ready, like I'm sharp as ever, I'm quick as ever. I know how to do it so fast. So um, I got that dialed in. It's just the physical limitations, both physically and on the mental side of that um, can be tough. It must be really difficult to be at the mercy of, of if something wrong happens, to be at the mercy of, of someone else coming and helping you. Yeah, I've, like, I've had to call 911 to get towed before. Like I couldn't just walk out and go to the closest road and flag somebody down. Um, I've had to ask somebody to go into town and get a tow truck for me before. So yeah, you kind of just sit there and say, yeah, well, I can't walk through the mud. I can't walk up that ravine. I can't. So I just got to hope that I get a cell bar or hope that somebody comes by. That would be very difficult. And just weighing on me, it would weigh on me a lot. Yeah, I try not to put myself in those situations. Um, they do happen rarely, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Just part of the uh, part of the game, I guess. Knowing that I do have a physical disability, so that's the, where's the line to draw? I I don't want to go to just front country campground where there's 200 other people. I want to go deep in the middle of nowhere, but then that's the trade off of well, something goes wrong. Yeah, you're you got to hope somebody comes by. Part of the experience mm -hmm. for someone who has a spinal cord injury or a physical disability and wants to start camping and going into the deep woods and having fun that way what's one piece of advice you would give to them uh start small work your way up sort of what i did um go to the closest campground out on the outskirts of town you don't have to go too far too deep uh, and build your confidence up. It starts with going to the campsite, just having a camp set up with family and friends and, and enjoying yourself. Uh, and then just building up from that. And then, okay, well, maybe we will drive a couple hours away. And then, oh, maybe we'll buy an atlas or a map book, back road map book and go down a dirt road. Or it's just start small, work your way up. Depending where you are, see what sort of nonprofit organizations are out there that might do camping events that teach people these fundamental skills that they either don't have or that they lost after an injury um, and then go from there because gear can be expensive that could be a barrier for a lot of people too so uh, see what's out there for yeah organizations that put on camping events um, or buy secondary gear on craigslist and stuff like that and then just start at a very comfortable campground like provincial parks tend to be the most accessible and comfortable they got flush toilets all that uh, for the most part so start small start local and work your way out to start small and build up mm -hmm. and see what's out there yeah it's all about confidence uh, you don't get confidence right out the gate uh, if you do that might be a little foolish but it's good on you I, but i think it takes um a few trips to kind of get the confidence you need to go in the middle of nowhere that is so true to be able to start small and build up on that confidence. What do you hope in the future for people with 
disabilities, like physical disabilities and more accessible camping? Um, I think a lot of places are getting good at making campgrounds accessible, uh, whether it's the province, it's the federal level, or um, even just like private campgrounds. Like I would hope that every campground can have a pit toilet where a manual and power chair can go into. They have table extensions. Um, they just do basic upkeep that makes life a lot easier if you're in a mobility device. We got such a beautiful place that we live in. So, and I think everybody should be able to enjoy it regardless of their ability. So continuing on that front, both front country and, and um, sort of in the middle of nowhere, uh, just keep improving the accessibility, you know, like I mentioned, campsites, trails, all sorts of stuff like that. And it would be nice to see more representation in ads and commercials and anything for outdoor or camping gear related gear and taken into consideration maybe when things are designed and stuff like that, because uh, a lot of us do like to camp, but you never see that in ads or anything like that. To have more representation and to have more accessibility built into the environment and in ads and in the design of the whole thing. I think that's really important as well to see as represented. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, whether it's like they have physical or visual, whatever, they just don't know that campgrounds out there are accessible because they just assume it's the wilderness. I can't go out there. It's not accessible for me. Um, the boardwalk around the campsite, it's going to have big gaps or it's going to be too rocky or it's going to be this, going to be that. Uh, a lot of people don't know and it takes other people to kind of tell or show them that, oh no, it's actually okay for this, this, and this if you go to this area or if you go that or there is gear that can you can purchase that can help you get there. So I think a lot of people just don't know. I think that as well. A lot of people do, just don't know. How can the listener find you, Ryan? Are you on social media? What are your socials? Sure. I'm on Instagram, Ryan Clarkson 100. And, you know, I don't have the strongest presence. I know I got to start writing blogs and I got interesting stories that people say I need to share more so hopefully something like this helps um, but you can see a lot of my trip pictures photos videos at ryan clarkson 100 um, you can find me at my organization spinal cord injury bc uh, r clarkson at sei-bc.ca if you have any questions about trips road trips camping you need suggestions you need tips you need advice where to go what to avoid you name it i'm willing to help out Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on my show. Thanks for having me. This has been The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. If you missed any part of this show or want to listen to it again, you can find it podcasted on anchor.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. To end out this show, let's play our outro theme song, Better Miracle by Kiprios. Kiprios is a Vancouver-based rapper. Even though he doesn't have a disability, the song Better Miracle talks about having a better tomorrow 
but not a miracle. Enjoy more programming, everyone. Today, my window, the sun came through. Today was the day I thought I'd look to my window. Felt the pain that I knew. The sun heard about it when he came to, came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Today was the day that didn't need rain. My window looked to me to make a change. The sun rise to the occasion, came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Oh, oh. myself I'm gonna be okay remember back then I've come a long way the dream may never ever be the same but came true still here with you and that'll do I know the road I'm on is not an easy way remember that I will define the path I take the dream yeah I'm a dreamer what can I say came true still here with you and that'll do I feel it's in my fingers I know it's in my soul now don't need I don't need a miracle just want to get a little better I feel it's in my fingers, I know it's in my soul now Don't need, I don't need a miracle, just want to get a little better oh, oh. I'm not asking for a miracle, oh, oh. just want to get a little bit better In life. I feel it's in my fingers, I know it's in my soul now, don't need 